Thank you for joining me on the You Are Not For Everyone podcast. I am Jackie Henderson, and I'm a licensed mental health counselor with a specialization in holistic and somatic practices. On this podcast, we have real talk about mental health issues, including trauma, depression, anxiety, personality disorders, and much, much more. I hope that you'll enjoy the show. Let's get started. This is You Are Not For Everyone, and I'm Jackie Henderson. Today, we are talking about creating a safety plan, and a safety plan is a roadmap for your life when you're feeling unsafe, you feel like you might be a danger to yourself, someone else may be hurting you, or you're expecting experiencing deep emotional pain and feel unstable. A safety plan is an important piece to create for yourself so you have it in times of overwhelm, you have it in times of highly emotional states when you're unstable and unable to really focus on homeostasis and being balanced. It's a roadmap for your life. Think about when you drive home from work or drive home from school, you kind of have that memorized. You know how to get there, you know what to do. But what happens when there's a detour? What happens when there's bad weather? What happens when you have to go a different way? You get thrown off, your body's off kilter, your mind's off kilter. You actually have to focus on how to get home now that there's this new twist in the plot. Same thing with your life. When you're going through extreme circumstances, what you're used to doing might not always work anymore. So it's important that you have a safety plan in place for yourself so you can be supported during these times of overwhelm when things are thrown at you and it's hard to manage them all. A safety plan is important if you're experiencing extreme depression. It's important if you have suicidal ideation. Having a safety plan is important if you are in a violent relationship or an abusive relationship and you're trying to get out of it. Having a safety plan keeps you safe in times of turmoil and provides you things to do to take care of yourself. But you may not be experiencing an extreme life change or extreme thoughts of suicide, but you may be in a real toxic relationship and you're trying to change it. You may be suffering from addiction and you're trying to break free. You may be trying to create new habits for yourself and retraining old behaviors is very difficult. So a safety plan can even be used for retraining new behaviors so you can create new healthy habits because sometimes it's hard to get out of that toxic relationship that you've been in so long and you might need the support of friends and professionals and your own self-care practices. It's hard to break an addiction. It's hard to break a habit. And again, you may need the safety plan so you can call on your support system to help you through it. So a safety plan is important for people who are experiencing severe mental illness, severe depression, suicidal ideation, are in a very abusive and unsafe relationship or situation. But it also can help with just breaking habits and choosing a better way of living. So I want you to, if you can, is get a piece of paper and write these things down with me so you can create your own safety plan. 
even if you're not having suicidal ideation, even if you're not in an abusive relationship, knowing your supports, knowing your triggers, knowing what helps you when you're feeling overwhelmed is going to help you. So a safety plan is good for everyone, not just people with extreme circumstances. So let's get started. First and foremost, I want you to write down triggers and warning signs. That's number one. So think about what causes you to feel emotional pain. When can you tell that these feelings are starting to affect you? So what are your triggers? What are things that cause you to get set off, upset, emotional, unstable, reactive. It could be a person, it could be a place, it could be a smell, it could be a situation. Anything that reminds you of something past could trigger you. But you want to become aware of what are your triggers, what are the things that really affect you. And as a body-centered therapist, I also want you to notice when you think of these things, how does your body respond? So, for example, if you see dogs and dogs trigger you because you lost your pet, what's the first thing you feel in your body when you see a dog? Do you feel heaviness in your heart? Do you feel uh, butterflies in your stomach or a tightness in your body? That is one of your physical warning signs of your trigger. And it's important to acknowledge that and be aware of that because when your body gets set off and you feel that physical response, that is your body telling you, I'm about to get overwhelmed, I'm about to get upset, I'm about to be triggered. And you know that you are able to manage it once you have awareness around it. So first and foremost, write down your triggers, what sets you off, what causes you emotional pain, and how your body responds to each one of them. Second, coping skills and distractions. So I want you to think of things that help you distract yourself when you're feeling stressed. What can you do to take off the things that are triggering you and making you reactive and emotional? So for some people, it's exercise. Other people, it's calling a friend. For some people, it's going out in nature and getting some fresh air. Cooking, cleaning, whatever is your distraction. For some people, it is journaling. Others, it's taking a hot bath. It is getting in some cozy pajamas and just taking a little nap, a little rest. So what are your coping skills, your self-care practices? What are some things that can distract you and soothe you when you're feeling overwhelmed? These self-soothing practices are very important to know what helps you to feel calmer, make a list of them, and practice them when you are feeling overwhelmed. I also encourage you to practice these self-care practices and these distractions and self-soothing practices even when you're not overwhelmed because when you practice them, you know how your body feels when you're in them and you can call on them faster when you're in a state of overwhelm. So when you practice your self-care practices on a regular basis, they're more accessible to you. 
social settings where can you go to avoid being alone if you're experiencing suicidal ideation you want to make sure that you're not alone too much that you're not just ruminating in your own thoughts and really getting stuck in the cycle of depressed thoughts thoughts of hurting and harming yourself so where can you go so you're not alone where can you go so you can feel supported and feel as if someone is there for you or you're in a group of people what are some social settings that can provide you an outlet or a temporary means of escape sometimes when people are feeling suicidal or feeling um, an urge for self-harm a distraction for an hour is all you need because then that reactive state calms and you're not so likely to hurt yourself you're not so likely to cause self-harm so doing something that distracts you going somewhere you might take yourself to the movies you might go for a walk downtown around people you might go to the gym you might go anywhere where there's people and it's a social setting that takes you away from feeling alone being alone and this is also important for people who are experiencing abusive relationships if you're in an abusive relationship this part of the safety plan is important because the abuser wants you to isolate the abuser wants you to keep the secret the abuser wants you to be all theirs and away from other people that is not love that is abuse and it's important that you get yourself out of that isolated place and bring yourself around people support groups AA, NA, domestic violence resource centers, places where you can be with people and tell your truth because then you can start to heal and get the help that you need. Next is writing a list of supportive people. Who are the people in your life that you can call on and trust for help? Friends and family, spiritual guides, therapists, counselors, um, this is actually this one is personal and the next one will be the professional people but let's do personal personal friends write a list of friends that you can call on when you're feeling this way write a list of family members that you can call on that are going to make you feel better there's some people in our lives we know who they are that when we reach out to them they make us feel worse they make us feel shame they don't make us feel good or supported or safe those are not the people that are going on this list. The people that are going on this list are the people that make you feel safe, the people that hear you, the people that support you, the people that genuinely, unconditionally love you. And know that you're not a burden. You're not a burden. Sometimes people don't want to reach out to others because they don't want to depress them. They don't want to upset them. But most people want to help most people want to be there for you so reach out to these support systems make sure you make your list of friends and family you can call on and next is your list of professionals so this would be your therapist your counselor a support group a hotline if you have suicidal ideation and you have a tendency toward these thoughts having the suicidal hotline available to you is important maybe you might need to go to the emergency room having 911 right there on your phone so you can call and go and be safe 
If you are not feeling safe, it's important that you feel safe. Don't take any risks. Don't be reactive. Give yourself some time. Sometimes we feel like everything is urgent and we have to do this act right now. It's not. Call the professional. Call someone that you can talk to so they can guide you. You also want to create a safe environment. A lot of times um, people who have access to weapons, access to medications, access to things that could hurt them are more apt to hurt themselves because of the access, easy access. So it's important that you remove all these things from your home if you know you're feeling suicidal and having thoughts of self-harm. Call a friend, say, can you just clean my house out of any narcotics? Can you clean my house out of any knives, scissors, razors, guns, weapons, whatever you have in your house that may be used to hurt yourself? Have a friend come over and remove those for you so it's less chance of you using them. Because sometimes when we get into these highly emotional states, we become completely reactive and our animal brain takes over and our rational mind goes offline and we make some decisions that could really hurt us or end our lives or end someone else's life if you're feeling you know if you're angry and reactive toward your abuser you could hurt them instead of just leaving and taking care of yourself and so it's important that you make a safe environment so you can take care of yourself during these highly emotional reactive times make your house clear make it safe and also make it a place like a haven for you where you feel comfortable where you feel cozy and sometimes the home is not the place to be is not your safe place especially if your abuser's there especially if it has past memories that trigger you You may need to spend a little time with a friend. You may need to spend a little time in a hospital, a place, a rehab center, a place where you can get some help. If you go to a domestic violence resource center, they can bring you to a safe place. So you may need a reprieve from your home so you can feel safe. And if you have suicidal ideation, you may need to have someone come into your home and make it safe for you so you have no access. You know, people talk about the bridges and having these nets on the sides of the bridges and people are either for it or against it. But let me just say this. It's important to have those nets there because you could be a very highly emotional, just had the most horrible time of your life, bad news after bad news, and you're in a state of overwhelm and you decide you want to jump off the bridge because it's not worth living anymore. Well, those nets save you. They bring you to the hospital and then you have time to process things and that reactive state softens usually and then you're glad you're still alive. We don't know what's on the other side of death. It might not be better. We don't want to make that choice. We don't want to make a permanent decision over a temporary situation. So having those sort of net safety nets in our lives, metaphoric and real, can give us the delay so we can come back to a rational mind and a wise mind and a less emotional mind. 
And then I want you to write down your reasons for living. What's your reasons for moving forward? Think of something that can keep you future oriented. And it doesn't have to be something major. You might say, I don't have anything to live for. I don't have anything to look forward to. Well, create something for yourself. Maybe book a show, buy a ticket to a show, go plan a trip for yourself, make a lunch date with a friend, do something that you can look forward to. It doesn't have to be a life-changing thing. It just has to be something that you have to look forward to for a few days from now, next week, six months from now. Create plans. Decide maybe I'm going to try something new and take a class. I'm going to try something new and go to a dance class, a gym, and exercise. I'm going to join a support group to help me through this time. Give yourself something to look forward to, reasons for living. Think about if you are a parent, your children. If you're a spouse, think about your partner. If you're a person who has lots of friends, but you're not feeling connected to them right now, write them. Write down why you have reasons to live. Fun and friends and eating lobster and seafood and steak and different things. They could be very simple. They don't have to be life-changing things to look forward to and reasons to live. But I do want you to write down reasons for living because that's important you want to be future oriented you want to have something to look forward to now i'm going to just take a moment and go back through this list and just talk about it in a less extreme way so we talked about if you're suicidal ideation extreme depression self-harm or an abusive relationship why these things are important But if you are trying to create a change in your life, a habit, if you are a drinker and you're trying to stop drinking, if you are sedentary and you're starting to try to get healthier and work out, if you are trying to leave a toxic relationship, these things are not as extreme as suicidal ideation, but they're still big in our lives and they're still hard to do. So think about what triggers you to want to drink. What are your warning signs for wanting to drink? What's your trigger signs and going back to that toxic relationship? Write down what triggers you and know what triggers you so you can start to avoid them. And how can you distract yourself? If you want to reach for a drink, what can you do instead? Can you go out for a walk? Can you make yourself coffee or tea or lemonade? Can you not call that person and call a friend instead? What are your coping skills and distractions for that? Social settings. Bring yourself out with other people. Do something that doesn't require alcohol. Do something that gets you away from thinking about that toxic person. Do something that gets you closer to the goal of the new habit you want to create for yourself or change. Make sure you have supportive people around. Tell them what you're going through. Tell them what you're struggling with and call them when you need them because people want to help. Professionals, if you're trying to end a relationship and it's been hard and toxic, if you're trying to quit an addiction or even quit the lifestyle that is unhealthy, sometimes you need some coaching around that, finding out why you're doing it in the first place. If you can find out the why, that makes it easier to actually change behavior. So get the help of a professional or a coach. 
create a safe environment. If you don't want to drink anymore, take the alcohol out of the home. If you don't want to be in a toxic relationship anymore, delete the number, do something that can get you away from that. You have to create an environment that makes it easier to move toward your uh, goals. If you want to start exercising, pack your gym bag in the morning and put it in the car so on the way home from work you go right to the gym. Start creating ways to make it easier to reach your goal. And then give yourself reasons why you want to do this. Why do you want to stop drinking? You want a healthier lifestyle. You want more energy. You don't want to keep poisoning your body. You're tired of hangovers. You've made a lot of bad decisions. So write down the reasons why you don't want to drink. And then write the reasons that you want to have a healthier lifestyle. I want to feel better. I want to wake up in the morning energetic. I want to have a higher vibration. Do the same thing for the toxic relationship. Do the same thing for the new habit you're trying to create. Write the reasons for doing it, the motivation, the leverage. Why do you want to do this? So creating a safety plan is very important. It's important for extreme situations and it's important for just behavior change. Getting supported, knowing your triggers, getting help when you need it staying supported with friends and family, creating a safe environment, and giving yourself something to look forward to and reasons to move forward. All these things are part of the safety plan. So I know I moved through it fast with the, with the podcast. So go back and listen and pause and write down these things so you have your own list of safety measures to help you make life changes. Thank you for joining me on You Are Not For Everyone podcast. I hope you're enjoying the podcast and that you will consider supporting the show in a few different ways. You can share it with friends, you can write a review, or you can quote unquote buy me a coffee. Go down to the episode description and click the link support the show and you can support us financially and just share it. Tell everyone you know, stay well, be healthy, and I'll see you next time.